the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number nine for the week of July 29th, 2005. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. I'm Dave Hamilton, and I'm here with John Braun, and I said it was for the week of July 29th, 2005, but really that's not true. I mean, I guess it is. Oh, what are you, weekend of? Well, yeah, see, it's, folks, we're doing this on a Friday night, which is off the beaten path for us, but uh, but John had to pull rank on us here, and uh, he's going away, and we certainly didn't want to have to try and do this from his, you know, vacation home or wherever it is. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Well, it's it's, you in, just, uh, but you're just serving seven days, right? That's all it was, John? <laughs> I don't know about serving. No, I'm uh, some uh, <laughs> friends. Josh and Abby. You know Josh and Abby. And, uh, I do. Or at least you do, Dave. Uh, yes. The, the, the audience doesn't. But uh, hmm. no, they have a nice Unless it's Josh and Abby listening, in, in which case Josh knows Abby and Abby knows Josh. And, and so, that, you know, that's cool. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but do they know themselves? Never mind. I think they do. Okay, but good. Nantucket. I'm going to be in Nantucket. And you know what strikes me about how do they. It's not in Rhode Island. There? It's not in Rhode Island. No, it's, it's, it's yeah, Massachusetts. Anyways, yeah. Nice island. Going to have the computer. Even though cool. I came back from Apple Care and it's still kind of messed up, I'm going to bring it with me. Good for you. Have wireless there, but I'm still trying to figure out how they get internet. But anyways, enough babbling. So I'm going to be uh, leaving tomorrow morning, bright and early, so we can catch the uh, high speed ferry and then get on the island and uh, get down to some serious uh, relaxing. So. <laughs> Race out to relax. <laughs> but that's that's what we do. We're humans. In any event, we're also right, geeks. And we're Mac geeks. Yeah. So always. we we decided for, for this week's show, we would do, or, or this show, which I guess will last more than a week. It'll probably be nine days before we do a show again, because we'll get back on schedule and do one a week from Sunday. We decided for tonight's show that John and I would simply talk about uh, a few of our favorite shareware apps that we use and couldn't live without and probably don't even think about until we don't have them. So mm. uh, so that that's that. And we've got a couple of uh, reader bits of reader feedback, a couple of emails, and, and a, uh, an audio comment or three, depending on how much time you have for us tonight. So with that, I will let, uh, I'll let John start. And, and pick, your, start. pick your first poison, if you would, John. I will. So, you know, I mean, OS X gets better and better. They add more features, but there's always this just great community of developers. Do they, do they pay you to say that? It, uh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the check. Still waiting for the check? Good. They said the check's in the mail. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, I mean, OS X gets better, but the, the, there are things that are just missing. And when you're using it, you know, some people have enough skill and uh, time uh, or a combination of both to develop something to solve the problem. Or it, it may be a problem people have or they don't know they have. But um, I'm looking at, you know, I put together a little list beforehand. But, you know, one of the ones that I really like, um, and this gets into the geek realm, I, I, I must say, is called Thermograph X. Wow, what and an what, what an opening! Show you? Yeah, well, you, you know it it does. Now, some of us, uh, especially I have the PowerBook uh, G4 12 inch, yeah. and some more than one owner of this machine has noticed that at times it gets a little warm, well, maybe too warm. Yeah, especially for you know 
certain segments of the population. You may not. Anyways, we won't go there. So, right. but how do you know how hot? I mean, it may feel hot, but is it really too hot? So this utility does is depending on the machine you're running it on, it will report the temperature from the various temperature sensors, which I think is really neat. Most how, how many temperature sensors does your computer even have? You know. I'm glad you asked that question, Dave. I mean, some, for example, right now I'm running it and I'm looking at it. I'm on my PowerBook G4, and this has two temperature sensors. Cool. There's a GPU, which I believe is graphic processing unit top mm -hmm. side, and then it says CPU bottom side. So at least in the in the PowerBook G4, 12-inch, uh, there's two. Now, and and does this, does this piece of software give you some baseline as to what, what's considered too hot, or do you, is it up to you no. to sort of learn um, that and go from there? I've looked at some, and I do believe they have on the site uh, people submitting their temperatures. Gotcha. So if you fall outside of the norm, the, the problem is though some temperature sensors aren't that great. They give you kind of a, a range, and it may not be the, that close, and some are very accurate. Okay. Um, so in this machine, you know, it reports the two, the GPU and the CPU. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting, it, and you can make a pretty high correlation between what temperature it reports and when you hear the fan come on. Like right now, my fan is on, and my processor with menu meters, which we also love, ah. says I'm at about 100%, and I don't know why at the moment. I mean, I'm running a few things. But on the G5, now this is the fun thing. On the G5, dual G5 I have upstairs, there are, if I'm not mistaken, eight temperature sensors. Holy. So there's one for yeah, the processor, right. yeah. well, for the two processors, drive bay, this and that. So there's like eight of them, and this, this utility does a great job of showing you them all. They all have a different color and identifies cool. them individually. In some cases, actually identifying the vendor of the chip that is used to measure the temperature. Like sometimes it'll report, uh, again, this is from memory, which is not that great, uh, but uh, it'll say like an AD whatever, which I believe is analog devices. Gotcha. Chip, and if you go online, you can actually look it up and see that that is a chip they sell. That cool. its purpose in life is to measure measure temperature, so you can turn the fan on when it gets too hot. So I I think that's great. Just but you can't you can't turn the fan on, right? The the computer turns the fan on. Uh, I'm sure there's a way to do it. I do not know how. Gotcha. And maybe one of our listeners will tell us. So you mentioned you mentioned another piece of shareware that we have mentioned before, but but is worth exploring quickly again, and that is menu meters which is a great thing from Raging Menace Software. And, and you're going to hear us mention this one over and over again because it's just one of those things that if you're even remotely approaching geek status, you, you, you want to use it. And I even had a, a, a friend the other day who uh, I had to uh, remote desktop into his machine to help him with something. And he says, see, I've been listening to the podcast. And he showed me menu meters up top there. So mm -hmm. uh, menu meters, as a quick recap, shows you Oh, it gives you the option of showing you many things in your menu at the top of the screen, including CPU usage, uh, memory usage, disk usage, and network activity and disk activity. Uh, I've found that staying, turning off the memory usage monitor is a good thing because I wound up obsessing over it and it simply doesn't matter. <laughs> so, But the CPU usage is, is a great thing because otherwise you'd have no way of knowing that your Mac CPU is pegged at 100% and something weird is going on. So... And I will I will use that as a, as an opportunity to move to the next piece of shareware that uh, they're the first ah. piece of shareware on my list because you're, after all yeah okay. it's, it's my well, list it's about me you. isn't it or was it okay. no wait it's Friday night I'm not supposed to be here the only reason I'm here is because of you anyway hey, yeah hey sorry about that 
Yeah, so right. what else you got on deck? Eyeglasses from Ecamm Networks. I uh, I wind up using uh. I, I chat AV quite a bit. And one thing that I always hated about it, um, and, and I use it, I should, I should say that, you know, do I use it for work? Well, sometimes, but most of the time it's to deal with, uh, my brother who needs to vent from his corporate job. And, uh, and for some reason they, they pay him to use iChat AV, or at least that's how it turns out. But anyway, wow, yeah. So no, anyway, no, they don't pay him to use it, but uh, he doesn't work for Apple, um, but it, it, it one thing that, that bothered uh, everyone really that I know that's used iChat for the most part is that a lot of times there's not enough ambient light be, being light in the room to support the camera. And so you wind up getting this dark image of whoever's on the other end yeah. and it stinks. Can, can we can we can we say it it sucked? No, it sucked. Yeah. I, I, we I can would say that. Okay. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it was horrible. I would have people, yeah, like yeah. with you, they would be like, do you have a light in yeah, the room can, can anywhere you, that you could turn on, please? Can you shine a flashlight so at your you. face? Yeah. yeah. So, so that was bad. So it's so a great I, application, but I glasses, think their yeah. control. It, it, what it does is it's got a, it, it actually lets you go nuts. But what, one thing that I wind up using all the time is what they call their enhanced mode, which, and what eyeglasses does is it actually talks directly to the camera and opens the shutter further and, and allows it to pull in more light or whatever it is that it's doing to it. Uh, specifically, it, mm-hmm. it effectively, uh, manually adjust, readjusts the camera and makes a huge difference, even just using their enhanced mode. Now you can go nuts and you can do things like turning your image upside down or showing a mirror image, which if you haven't noticed, iChat automatically shows you your mirror image so that when you move back and forth in front of your computer, you're seeing yourself go from the right side. If you move to the right side, you'll see your image move to the right side, which is not what's really happening. So you don't get confused. So you don't get confused, right? You wouldn't notice it unless it didn't it, unless it didn't happen, right? But anyway, you could do <laughs> a mirror like- image. You can make the colors funky. You can turn to sepia tone in black and white. It's a fun little utility. It's got some toys in it, but but really the 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 enhanced mode is the key. And uh, and I'm trying to think about I'm trying to find out how much they charge for this. It's eight bucks. So if you use iChat AV, even a little bit, only eight dollars. Eight bucks. Yeah. What so a deal. and they aren't paying us to say this. Uh, you know, again, John and I, none of this stuff that we're that we're mentioning here, I don't think, is any is anyone that's advertising on the site or, or anything like that. Um, this is simply stuff that, that we like to use. So that's uh, eyeglasses. Well, they, they, they would probably want to consider doing so. Yeah, well, you know, we might say it again. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, the uh, menu okay. meters folks at Raging, at Raging Menace Software haven't paid us a dime, and, and we will still mention their product mm-hmm. and continue to do so. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. In any event, what's, uh, what's next on your list there, John? Well, you know, a lot of times a picture is worth a thousand words. And a lot of times you want to tell people, not tell them, show them. Yeah. Now, OS X includes a couple of very basic, basic screen snapshot features. Now, two I'm aware of, and help me out, Dave, yep. if I miss some, but there is one that you can do, I believe it's Shift-Apple 3. Command-Shift 3, that's right. That- which, now you call it command Oh, Because it's Because I see an apple... I see a clover. That's the command key, and son. And it's a command. Okay. Yeah. It has many. It goes by many names. It, it does, yeah. So that's built in. And then there's one. There's actually kind of one where you do the silly walk where it's. Well, wait, now let's tell them what uh, Command Shift 3 does, right? Command Shift 3 just takes a, a snapshot a of your entire screen, desktop. Right. Puts it, I think, in your, on your folder. desktop or in a home folder. Yeah. 
and calls yeah. it like picture one, and I think it's a pick normally, right? No, these days it's either no, depending it's a, on the, the version of the OS you're running, PNG? it's either it's a PNG or a PDF. That's PNG. right. Yeah. Good. In, yeah. in the old days, it was a picked. It, that in OS nine, yeah, yeah. So, um, which yeah, we were. We, we and were actually, there. there's there's <laughs> one one flavor of OS ten that 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 saved it as TIFFs. So, just for the record, mm. yeah, yeah. TIFF is nice. They they get huge. So yeah, well, yeah, what I've seen. So, um, and then and the, the other, other one is Command four, Shift four. Command Shift four. Right. And then you can do so, and that that's a uh, selection one, or is it a window one? No, it's a selection one. Command Shift Four right. puts a so puts a little. Let you do. Lets you draw on one box, and as soon as you're done with drawing the box, and you let go, bam! Whatever you've drawn the box yeah. around, that's saved now. Uh, same way. Then there's another. I can't remember what it was that lets you do the active window. Really? Mm. I yeah. would, of this, I was not aware. Oh, you know, it does sound yeah. familiar. Yeah. I'm going to have to dig. There's one where, not the whole screen. No. And not a selection, but the active, I, I got to dig, okay. but I'm almost positive there is one. But then. See, what I do is I don't use any of those. And I, I think I know where you're going with this. So I'll, I'll let you. Yeah. I'll let well, you lead you the know, way. Uh, yeah. The, the, the guys at Ambrosia, you know, yep. they're, they're friends. Um, they are. Snaps Pro X. 10. Or, yeah. is what I use. Or yeah. 10. Do we call it 10 or X? Or Who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll call it. it, it it's an yeah. X, so we'll call it an X. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's probably 10. But, but this knows? utility, I use it regularly for oh, yeah. uh, Monday Smack Gadget and just anything because it is, as, as far as I'm concerned, the best utility for capturing either. I mean, when you bring it up right now, it says, do you want to... Do you want to shoot the screen, which you can do with OS ten built in? Okay, big deal. Yep. But then objects. Yes. So that's and you can, a feature the, I was talking about before, which is where you can do the frontmost window or something doing. But one thing you may not realize is you can hold down the shift key and select multiple objects to be included in that same snapshot. So if you have three windows that you want to you want to grab, but you don't want the stuff behind them, you can do that with Snaps, Snaps Pro. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and the menu bar that. can be one of those objects. You can tell it whether or not you want the uh, the, the cursor visible. You can have it automatically yep. do a drop shadow around it. It's all kinds of cool, cool stuff. And it'll also do video now. Yes. Yeah. yeah I uh, I haven't tried that much, but yeah, I can take a movie. Now you're probably going to want a machine with you know a little little yeah. horsepower. Yeah. Probably not your you know grandma's G three or whatever, but uh, your grandma has yeah, a G three. So do a movie. <laughs> Uh, she may. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> My mom has an iBook. That's hey, all cool. That's cool. And she likes it. The uh, the fourteen inch screen. It's yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's great. So this lets you do movies, selections, objects, screen snapshots. But the nice thing is that it also gives you a big variety of formats to save it in. Because a lot of times, depending on what you're doing, like if you're saving an icon, you probably want to do it as you know maybe a transparent GIF or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. A GIF or an icon, a JPEG, uh, but it, it also gives you just a huge variety of different formats to save it in. Um, but but it is, it is my uh, utility of choice for uh, capturing what you're seeing on your screen. Cool. And it's very flexible. Cool. So uh, so that gets my vote. Now, uh, anything else you got there, Dave? I do. I, I have I have one more that, that I'm going to bring up, and I know it's on your list too, but I'm going to steal it from you. Um, <sighs> yeah, well, you know. That's what that's what it, what you get for being the king. Anyway, uh, <laughs> okay. <Go. laughs> well, at least that's what I tell myself. 
it, and that is default folder 10 or default folder X, whatever you're going to call it. Mm-hmm. And this is something I, I've used since OS 9, and, and my guess is that John has too. It's one of those things that yes. is simply indispensable. Now, what it does, I'll tell you what it does, and then I'll tell you why it's better than what Tiger does. Um, it, it adds a tiny little widget, if you will, to every open and save dialogue in any program you run. And what it lets you do is you can save favorite folders out there. It'll keep track of recent folders. It'll keep track of what's open, what windows are open in the finder. You can rename files from here. You can delete files from here. You can do all sorts of different stuff. It's amazing. It is. And once you have all this functionality, not having it is like living without your, you know, your toes on your, on your foot. You can walk, but man, it ain't easy. You know, uh, it, it, now tiger doesn't do too bad, right? Because anything you have in the left-hand side of, of your, uh, and you know, I, I'm the, the name of what they call that, but there's in the finder windows, there's the, the stuff you can drag into the left-hand side folders and, and, uh, hot folders and, and yep. smart folders and all that stuff rather that, mm-hmm. that stuff now obviously all appears in open and save dialogues. But it's close, and it's cool, but if you've gotten used to default folder, it ain't enough, folks. So that's, uh, that's default folder. St. Clair software. I do like uh, about a default folder, the one thing that, if nothing else, is so when you're at a dialogue and, yeah. and you hover over another part of the screen with a folder that you want. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. That feature, I forget what they call it exactly, but that yeah. is just, to me, so intuitive. So it's like... I wanted to go there. Let me put my cursor over there with the open dialog yep. also present, and it will it'll, give you the option to select that. It'll re-navigate you there once you click. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's great. Uh, yeah. A lot of the other things because, yeah, the organizing stuff until Apple or someone else comes up with the next big thing, which is how do you organize your stuff on your computer? Right, right. now, of course, we have the folder document kind of deal, and it's uh, it's all right. Yeah. But there must be something better and Apple may come up with it. Yeah, well, who knows? You know, that, I mean, that's the beauty of, of shareware. That's why we're doing this. And, and we're going to do this occasionally mm-hmm. because I'm looking at my list here and we haven't even made a dent in it. And, and we're going to be wrapping <laughs> up this section of the show very shortly here. So this is the kind of thing that uh, that, we, that we will revisit. We are. <laughs> What's that? Do I get my uh, wrapping up, you said? Well, no, we're going to be wrapping up this segment of the show. But we are, uh, you know, almost 20 minutes. So, you know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies when you're, uh, you know. Doing this off schedule, so. Uh, so why don't, why don't you why don't you take uh, take us out of this segment with with the last one, John? And the one that I really like. Um, now, you know, some po- some people really like spam. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have the taste for it. You know, it's kind of salty. No, you know, talk wow. about <laughs> email spam, and the ut- <laughs> all right. Yeah. And the utility I came across. Which I really like, even though, so uh, I think we went to this before in a prior episode. I yeah. like Eudora. Dave, do you like Eudora? Are you, are you a male guy? I, I forgot. You know. You're torn? Are you torn? I, I, I lived with Eudora from day one. In fact, the first email yeah. I ever sent with Eudora, believe it or not, folks, was to John. And this was over <laughs> over a slip account. Uh, and I don't think Slip. it's Ooh. yeah it's it's not worth t- telling what year it was but anyway mm. uh, it was i think it might have been late 80s right uh-huh. or, or very early 90s probably very early 90s yeah so in any event i used Eudora for a long time then switched to mail 
and then switch to Mailsmith. I'm not happy with any of them, to be honest with you, for various reasons. But I stick with Mailsmith because it, it's the least painful option for me. But go ahead, John. Mm -hmm. That's that's a tangent. You? It's yeah, right. You know, I'm actually looking here. Oh, this is sad. In my out folder, and I have something dated December 18th, 1996, to you. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So, yeah, I, I save all my email with Eudora. So I've been mm -hmm. with Eudora since 96. But anyways, there's a nice add-on, and it's called Spamfire. What Spamfire is is kind of a front end to your email. So what it'll do is it's a spam filter. So we'll go to your various email accounts, pick up the mail, run it through some filters. Now, the good news is they update their filters quite frequently to deal with all the tricks that the yep. ingenious spammers use. And you'll see this stuff, you know, they use, you know, bogus characters and accent to characters and, you know, just, just go through all sorts of contortions, try to get the message to you because unfortunately there's a portion of the population that responds to this stuff and oh, absolutely. we'll have to find them, Dave. And, and, and well, somewhere, somewhere I, I keep reading over and over again and it's either one of those things that just keeps being said and, and will become accepted as fact, but somehow they're saying like 8% of the people out there will respond to spam. It just doesn't make sense to me, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make nobody sense who me. listens to this show does that. Right. I hope. <laughs> right. Right. Please write right? back to us. <laughs> okay. You so understand what we're things. saying. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it basically will pick up your mail um, it'll filter it. It'll get rid of. It'll maintain it locally, so it's a separate application that keeps track of all of your emails. So okay. that's kind of neat in itself. And then you can look at everything it picked up. But then the ones that are good, it will then pass along using uh, right now, from what I see, an Apple script okay. to Eudora, and it only passes along the good stuff because it's pulled out the messages that are bogus or the yeah. ones you don't want. Yeah. According to the filters, and it only passes along the good ones, or it thinks the good ones. Right. Now, it also has a feature where you can add a friend. So if it's something from someone you trust, you say, okay, add friend, and based on the email address, if something comes in from them, right. it'll just include it. because So like all those, all those mortgage perfect. offers that I send you, you, uh, you actually get because, because you yeah. have me listed as a friend? Because I, I don't know anybody who can offer me a better deal on my mortgage right now. I, I just, I can't find them. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's difficult on if, the internet. If anybody out there knows oh my how to help me. Yeah, just don't know. send it, send anything else you like, <laughs> comments related to the show to MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com, but mortgage stuff you Not, can keep to yourself. Just send that straight to John, oh folks. <laughs> so I think Spamfire is great. I love that they update the filters, which they got to, group of people that are doing a lot of, you know, very unpleasant work, I think, to figure out all the spammer tricks yeah. and all that. Um, so that's one I love, and it passes on to Eudora. Eudora also now has spam filtering, so I get, like, two-stage filtering. Right. So it's very rare I get anything in my inbox unless the, the guys are very clever. Sure. Um, that I don't want. So Now, let me, uh, let me so, ask you this, because this is a good little tangent to, to wrap things up on. Um, tangent. Well, kind of, you know, yeah. the spam thing is a topic in and of itself. Now, mm -hmm. Spamfire, does it automatically configure itself from your email client or do you have to go in and manually configure no. it separately? No. So in this one, I actually set it up. So I set it up for... But you, you have to plug your accounts in. Accounts. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, the one I use, and it's it's joined at the hip with, with MailSmith, is called SpamSiv. And it's it's really mm -hmm. great. It, it actually 
kind of sits in between. Uh, well, really, MailSmith pulls the mail down, passes it to SpamSiv. SpamSiv runs its filters on it and then passes it back, and then MailSmith either puts it in the spam folder okay. or puts it very, in the inbox. Very similar. Very well, similar then to Spamifier, or somewhat. No, because it's it's all happening within MailSmith, really. Um, and and they've got a hook for Eudora and a hook for Apple Mail with with SpamSiv, and mm-hmm. uh, the the I, I, and I like it. The problem is. It does pull all your spam into your email client. Now, it knows to put it into a spam folder, and you can train it, and okay. it, it's excellent. I mean, I get a ton of spam, and it's it it's about 99.5% accurate. What I did, though, mm-hmm. a, couple of, a couple of months ago was I, I started thinking I might want to get a BlackBerry or something along those lines. And Crackberry? There you go. Or a trio or, you know, something like that. But I kept thinking, well, what about all this freaking spam that comes in, right? What am I going to do yeah. with it? I don't want that coming in and, you know, buzzing my whatever, my hip every quarter of a second. Right. And so there is another option, folks, and it is called Gmail. And it's it's sort of a weird solution to this problem. Uh, it's a, it, but it works. And so if you route all your mail, if you get your mail into a pop account or whatever, just forward it to, you get a Gmail account. And if you need one, let us know. We, we've got, you know, about 150 of them to give out between the two of us here or something. So if you need a Gmail account, seriously, let us know. We'll, we'll send you an invite. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Well, if we burn them up, we burn them up. Who cares, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, what, what Gmail lets you do is it, it does spam filtering for you on their server. And, and so yes. then you just have your email client gmail's got pop access now you can have your email client just check your mail at gmail and then it gives you that's it gives you the benefit of also having a great webmail interface and if you haven't seen it it's awesome it, you can use keyboard shortcuts and it really does a nice job so uh mm-hmm. so that that that's yet another solution is simply offloading it to the the wonderful folks at google that are trying to infiltrate your lives and and letting them right because it's better than letting microsoft infiltrate your life isn't it i personally at least with Google Ads, which I, I think we use on the site, mm-hmm. right? For remnants, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. If I'm going to get an ad, make it relevant to me. Preach or on, brother. You. I, I wrote a thing on my blog hey. this week about about relevant ads, and, and man, uh, yeah. If, if the ad's relevant, send it to me. We want to know this, right? This is. I think everybody likes relevant ads to a degree, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it enhances the experience for the most part, so... Yeah. Yep. So. And uh, I'm looking here just as a, a follow-up in Spamfire. I am looking at the portion of the program where you configure it, and I indicate it. So, so what you do is you tell it which email client you have. And right now I see here when it gets mail yeah. and it wants to give it to you, you run a script, and the script could be check email with Entourage, Eudora, Netscape, PowerMail, QuickMail, OS Ten Mail, Outlook Express. So... It's not quite automatic, but once you tell it, like in my case, I only use uh, Eudora, then it's all set. So just wanted to uh, toss that in there. Cool. Um, and on that note. Yeah, we should wrap it up. There, you know, it, I, I, I've, been, I've been toying with this because it, it's so relevant, and, and I'm just going to run through it really mm-hmm. quick. Uh, last week, we talked about um, how you couldn't run Carbon Copy Cloner in Tiger. And... <laughs> Oh yes. We got we got two emails about this and I wouldn't bring them up if if one of them didn't factor right into our little uh, shareware discussion. So I I, I want to thank both both Stuart in Cambridge, England and uh, yes. Duncan in Southern California for writing in. Duncan actually they they both basically said the, the same thing and that is that 
if you run Carbon Copy Cloner as the root user on your machine, it will run in Tiger. Now, the trick is figuring out how to do that. Stuart recommended doing it from the terminal, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it, it frankly gets geekier than it needs to. Uh, now, Duncan, the root, did you say the root user? Well, as a, as a privileged user, right? So, and, and okay, okay, yeah. So, uh, and it does, but it needs to be run as root. So, what Duncan in Southern California suggested is using a copy of uh, this program called Sudo, Sudo, P S E U D O, from Brian Hill. And we'll mm. put a link in the show notes. And what that does is, if you take any program and drag it onto the Sudo icon, it launches that as the root user or or a privileged user and then we'll run just like it's supposed to and it keeps you out of the terminal so uh, thank you duncan and Stuart, for writing in and uh and that to me i think kind of wraps things up so uh you know i think so because i got yeah. to uh still got a pack for my uh well there you go there you big go trip there so. i was touching on uh there was something in back back of my head we'll do it next time around okay but it was um there's a way to activate the root user, and I forget. Oh yeah, well you don't need to do that. Convoluted. Though. No, you don't. That goes into the NetInfo database. You don't. You don't need to do that to do any of this. You you, you need oh, not no, activate but I, the root user. I want to be root because root has power. But we'll uh, we'll talk about that. We can talk about power. Yes. Episode. Cool. All right, folks. <laughs> thanks for listening. Send your comments to MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. Please do send audio comments in. We had some on deck for tonight. We will get to them next time, and. Uh, Visit us at macobserver.com slash podcast or macgeekgab.com. Check out ipodobserver.com, and we'll see you in a week. Thanks, in folks. A week. a week and a day or two. Are we, are we done? We're done. We're done. Thanks, folks. Good night.